we understand that God works, the, the local church is the hope of the world and God works through the local church. So that's that's been our target um, is is church leaders who will come and, and walk through this process with us with the understanding that they want to change the culture of their church to be disciple making culture. I think that what we teach and train uh, it all encompasses life uh, because we get up in your grill with your calendar um, because we want to know if you've got time to disciple because you might not have time to and if not then what are you going to fix in that place what are you reading how are you loving your husband your wife how are you um, how are you engaging people at work how can you uh, take what you're learning here and translate that to a lifestyle of discipleship where I am always, always, always hoping to help people be transformed to be more like Christ. Hello everyone, Dennis Allen with The Disciple Dilemma. If you want to really talk about being a disciple, if you want to think about influencing your church and its development of discipleship as a culture, listen as Raymond and I talk to Cindy Perkins, the Executive Director for The Bonhoeffer Project. Started by Bill Hull, The Bonhoeffer Project is all about cohort-based discipleship for you and for your organization. This is a great conversation for everybody if you want to think about culture change. Stick with us. Here we go. Well, Raymond, here we are once again on another podcast with the Disciple Dilemma. And um, first, I'm grateful you're here. And second, I'm just wondering, what's your take this far along? There's an ambush question for you. I think that the thing that really has struck me is how prescient the book was in terms of identifying the cultural challenges within the church, not so much sort of the formal theological framework that people have and understand. I think if you ask anybody, as we've asked people, don't you think discipleship's important? No one's going to say no. I think it's irrelevant. (laughs) They're all going to say yes, but they reduce. the whole Christian project to sort of a pyramid scheme where I make two disciples, they make two disciples. And in 20 years, we've converted the world. And it's all about conversion. It's not about discipling. And so I was really impressed when I went out uh, early this morning to look at the Bonhoeffer project, really was impressed with both the the sort of analysis they have that really were failing to do the discipleship and were too uh, focused on conversion. And it's just shocking to me when you ask people how critical it is, they say yes, but you ask them, how are we going to do it? And there's just almost no thought been given. It's just, and of course, that's just the culture we live in. That's how we're communicating and training young people and leadership today is that the task of the church is evangelism, not creating disciples. Well, that is a terrific segue into a conversation with a lady, Cindy Perkins, who is a former pastor. She's a professor. She's a parent. She's uh, the executive director of the Bonhoeffer Project. Cindy, we are so delighted to welcome you to the Disciple Dilemma today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'll tee up the first question. and Raymond can have the second one. What in the world is the Bonhoeffer Project? Who's behind it? What are you guys up to? So the Bonhoeffer Project is an organization, a uh, nonprofit, who has was started in 2015 by Bill Hull and Brandon Cook. And they got together. They looked at basically, um, Dennis, what you 
put forward in the disciple dilemma. They were studying the same kinds of things. Bill's been writing uh, discipleship books for the last 40 plus years. So they started the Bonhoeffer Project as a way to train leaders to be disciple makers. We named it after Dietrich Bonhoeffer because he understood the necessity and the long game of discipleship in the church. And so he's the namesake indicating that uh, it costs something, right? It's not, this is not a, it's not an easy task, this discipleship process. Bill Hull, for those of you who don't know, is really sort of the Jedi Knight of Discipleship. In fact, on our website at DiscipleLuma.com, you go to the resources page, you can see a couple of his works, the Complete Book of Discipleship, which is essentially an encyclopedia and a, a great read. And then Cindy was mentioning earlier uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, book, The Cost of Discipleship, which is a fabulous read. The question that's on my mind um, goes back to your comment a minute ago, which is, is there really something wrong with the way the church does discipleship? We've tried to say to people over and over again, we're not attacking churches, we're not attacking pastors, but you brought it up right out of the gate. So let's talk a little bit about what's really holding up discipleship and what's obstructing discipleship in the modern Western church. So there's a couple of things when I think about that. I, I go back to uh, one of our key teachings is that um, we must go upstream. In other words, many people try to start their discipleship process midstream. They don't go back to scripture. They don't look at how Jesus discipled. They come in, they want the silver bullet. They want, Daniel M. wrote a great book on the silver bullet. There is none, right? Um, and, and so, I mean, there just is none. And so we have to go upstream and we have to look at scripture. And all too often, um, uh, discipleship programs are just that, they're a program. It's not a lifestyle. Discipleship must be a lifestyle for Jesus. It was a lifestyle. So for us, it's got to be a lifestyle as well. And, and so we take people back. We uh, actually ask you at the beginning of our process to wrestle with the gospel that you believe and that you teach. Mm. Because the gospel you teach determines the disciples you're going to produce. And so if you're teaching a, a gospel that is uh, the one that I was raised in was the forgiveness only gospel. And uh, just say the words, get your get out of jail free card. And it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, you're on the way to heaven. Right. But that's not actually salvation and and uh, the process that Jesus wants. It has to have the end game of following Christ, or is it really salvation? Like I want to ask people all the time, I, the Jesus that I met, I couldn't just meet him and walk away. I did that when I was a, a young person. And uh, for 10 years, I lived like I didn't know a Jesus, right? I said the words, but then I walked away. So would I have gone to heaven? Who knows? I'm glad God didn't test me on that. That's just the real <laughs> that one. I'm so glad he didn't test me. But we want to make sure that people understand the gospel as Christ spoke it 
to be. And uh, Bill wrote a book with Ben Sobel's called The Discipleship Gospel, which actually brings us to that place of understanding that the gospel is about the, the life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, right? And our response is to believe and receive and follow. And if we're not following, we didn't have that response that Jesus was asking for because he asked many, many people to follow him. And a lot of them turned and walked away. And so they were not disciples of Christ. They were not the ones that he poured into. And so we help people figure that out. It's a tension because when I, I went through this with my staff, when I was on church at on staff at church and uh, one of the ladies, I mean, she's a good friend, but we got in some real strong arguments uh, where she says, you can't determine what anybody's salvation is. I said, no, I can't. The Holy Spirit does. But I want to make sure that I'm not a party to helping them believe something that might not be real. You know, mm. might just be words of assent, but not a real heart transformation. And so so that's a good portion of what we look at, what the church. I think one of the struggles that the church has is we live in a society where everything is instant gratification. Got to have it right now. And because we got to have it right now, we want our discipleship to be right now as well. My theory is Jesus took three and a half years with these guys, these men and women, and uh, 365, right, 24-7. And I'm going to think I'm going to meet with them once a week for six weeks, and they're going to be discipled. No, no, it can't be that way. So it becomes that I got to get in the mess of your life with you. And as I get in the mess of your life with you, and I'm following Christ, as Paul says, follow me like I follow Christ. One of the things that, that Dennis has really pushed me on that I've had to really try and think through is what does the Great Commission really mean? And when you look at it, it's not about making disciples. It's about discipling, being and making disciples. And the way we do that is embedded in the Great Commission. We're supposed to change people's fundamentally, fundamental identity. That's what it means to baptize them. And in their new identity, teach them the commands. So one of the things, because I'm not in full-time ministry, all of this discipleship thing is always pitched as all the churchy things I do, not my ordinary job. And being a disciple means my calling is being a father, being a husband, being an engineer. And when I'm studying an engineering book, I'm doing discipleship because I'm conquering the world for Christ. So how much of your discipleship stuff really addresses all of life rather than just all the churchy things I do? I think that what we teach and train, uh, it all encompasses life uh, because we get up in your grill with your calendar. Um, because we want to know if you've got time to disciple, because you might not have time to. And if not, then what are you going to fix in that place? What are you reading? How are you loving your husband, your wife? How are you, um, how are you engaging people at work? How can you uh, take what you're learning here and translate that to a lifestyle of discipleship where I am always, always, always hoping to help people be transformed to be more like Christ. Folks, we're talking to Cindy Perkins, who's the executive director for the Bonhoeffer Project. We have before us a pastor. Thank you for your service in that world, Cindy. Also, someone who is a professor at Trinity College with a lot of young people who are very excited about her role there. 
and we want to come back and explore some of these challenges that you face in the churches as well as Christian community about making disciples. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Yeah, one of the one of the challenges I see, um, and Dennis and I've been talking about the fact that recruitment's not our problem; it's retention. Mm-hmm. And the reason we don't retain people is because we're not moving them from being members and converts into being disciples. Mm-hmm. And Jesus at the Last Supper says, look, the way people will really know you're my disciples is that you're active in evangelism. Oh, no, he didn't say that. (laughs) He said, love one another the way I loved you, which is in service. And that's really one, to me, what you were just saying about we compartmentalized our lives and the church has become an institution rather than a community we belong to. Well, one of the things that we do, one of the first things that we do in our process is that we ask people, who are you going to invite to go along this journey with you? Because the bottom line is, if you're doing this by yourself, it's not discipleship. One of the one of the most rewarding podcasts we have with, was with Mike Henry. Mm. And he was getting people to become more disciples and discipling, because wherever they're working now, if they're not in the church, that's where God called them to be a disciple. When we look at how overloaded pastors are, they're trying to run programs. So one of the things Dennis has been really active doing is you need lifelong friendship. So the discipleship is about having a lifelong relationship with a a Christian brother or sister that is active in terms of you're talking about where you are in life, where you're going, that sort of thing. And my sense is that pastors would get more done and spend less time if every year they they identify one or two people to make a friend that's in a leadership position in the church mm-hmm. and begin to have that discipleship relationship. Have you seen that with some of the pastors that you've worked with? People uh, have figured out that when you engage with another person in ministry, Jesus sent his people out two by two. There was a reason why they had somebody with them. and And I think... Again, that's one of the models of the Western church is you have the senior leader and he's off by himself. Very seldom do you see somebody that brings somebody with to do ministry. And so we've got to learn how to do ministry together. Um, Our job as leaders is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And that's what discipleship is. You're equipping them to do the work of the ministry. We're not supposed to necessarily do the ministry. We're supposed to equip them so that they can do the ministry, which then gives us that opportunity for multiplication because most churches are looking for addition. Discipleship is multiplication. Let me ask this question, Cindy. Um, As you all have gone into organizations and people groups with the Bonhoeffer Project, how many of these leaders, because you're really trying to interact with leaders or people who will be leaders, how many of these folks have been discipled up till now, and they're just looking for a little polish. And how many folks are going, not me, never had it? So I'm going to tell you that if I had to just give you a quick, like I could do the figures, I wasn't discipled. I was discipled by a bunch of old dead guys, A.W. Tozer, C.S. Lewis, Dallas Mm -hmm. Willard. That's who discipled me till I ran into Bill Hull. He was the first live guy that discipled me. And there were no women around to disciple. I couldn't find any women in the church who would disciple me, which made me know that I had work to do for the rest of my life to disciple women. There were no women? 
there were no women who would would disciple a person who was leading in the church. I I probably asked 20 women, 20 different women, not just at the church where I was, but all over. When I'd go to conferences, I would walk up to people and say, listen, I need somebody to disciple me in, in my faith walk. Would you be willing? Oh, no, I don't have time for that. Uh, I'm going to tell you percentage wise, we're probably less than 20% of the people that we deal with have been discipled before. But there are so many people that don't disciple because they don't know what that looks like or means because they've never been discipled. You've obviously had leadership type people from a wide range of backgrounds. So you've got people who came out of parachurch groups. You've had people that were young pastors in old established denominational churches. You've had non-denominational churches that have an active community. And then you've had megachurch leaders. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do those different, is there a difference in the way that you approach those different kind of leaders? Is there differences between them? Who's the most productive for you to work with? Where do you find those sweet spots? Um, I think the most productive for us to work with are those people who are um, seeking discipleship personally as well as professionally. Um, and I say that because if you don't have a, a hunger for what that discipleship is, if you've just been given the task of creating a discipleship program, it's going to be really hard. Uh, Mega church pastors are tough because they okay. think they've got it figured out. Uh, I will tell you that legacy churches are difficult because the pastor has to have somebody to go alongside with them to encourage them because we've always done it this way and we're not going to change how we do that right and so they have a hard time but it's not none of those are impossible you just have to be willing to press in and press in a little harder but yeah i don't know that any is more fruitful than the other i think that you just have to know your audience like like howard hendrix said know your audience that's 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 really incredible. One thing that you said, you're you're actively actually doing the discipleship program in the church you're in. Mm-hmm. That to me, being an engineer, I have to solve the current technical problems as well as teach people about how to solve technical. Mm-hmm. Problems. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing, if you're not hands yeah. on deck doing the stuff, it's really hard not to yeah. lose touch. So I thought that it was, important. and then it was fascinating you talking about this special role of women. Because given the cultural shifts we've had, they probably have more freedom to do discipleship than uh, some of the men would in the structure of the church. For years, discipleship has been predominantly kept for the men. And so they haven't taught the women how to disciple women. And that's critical. And so when we look at that, we're leaving out more than half of the church and and the productivity and the servanthood that comes from that when we don't disciple well. Cindy, um, 
everyone that we talk about that's in your kind of role, developing discipleship programs and training leaders, says that this takes a long time. And yet the culture of the church is, I have to have standalone one-year kinds of programs that don't overlap with summer break. And that, and so I need to break it down into two or three chunks that last a month or two months or three months. And your cohorts are, are a few months, but then they're done. How long does this take and what's the long game? How do you get this institutionalized? So I think one of the things that we have to look at um, is helping people understand the reality of where we are. Uh, the reality is this is not a six week. And anybody that tells you you can have discipleship in your church in six weeks is telling you a lie straight from the pit. First, we look at the model of Jesus. And he was with them three and a half years and then told them, now go and do what I've taught you. But that's a lot of hours, three and a half years times figure if they're on eight hours a day, but they weren't because he took them along with him in ministry. So it's a going along with, and that's in Matthew 18, as you go along, not go and make, but as you go along. So we're doing life. We understand that God works, the, the local church is the hope of the world and God works through the local church. So that's, that's been our target. Um, is is church leaders who will come and and walk through this process with us with the understanding that they want to change the culture of their church to be disciple-making culture. Do I have to bring a cabal of folks with me so that you can run this, or will you take the individual walk-on? We will take the individual. We'll take a group of people. Uh, if you have a group of six or more, we give a bit of a discount uh, for that process. and. Uh, and we will dedicate one person to walk through with you. But we, most of the cohorts that we have are individuals, just individuals who contact us to say, God is working in my heart and I need to figure out how to do something. And you'll assign a cohort if mm -hmm. I say, well, nobody likes me mm -hmm. and nobody wants to hang out with me. You'll get me a cohort. I will. I will indeed. I have cohorts starting just about every month of the year. How do we connect um, people with the Bonhoeffer Project, Cindy? So you would go to the website. Uh, it's the Bonhoeffer, B-O-N-H-O-E-F-F-E-R project.com. And uh, the info at the Bonhoeffer project.com, that email comes right to me. So, or mine is Cindy at the Bonhoeffer Project, C-I-N-D-Y. And so I'd love to, uh, love to talk to you. If you have questions, uh, that's my job is to talk to people. It's the best job in the world. You're seeing on the screen, the bonhoefferproject.com, and you're also seeing their logo. Watch for the eyeglasses. That's the Dietrich Bonhoeffer's little moniker there uh, to be a part of this. And look at the resources they have and the program that they've got available. Cindy, thank you for being with us today on The Disciple Dilemma. Thanks so much for having me. It's my passion place to talk about discipleship. And Raymond, it's always a delight to have you on board. Thanks for being with us. Oh, it was great fun. Cindy was fun to talk to. Thanks, Cindy. <laughs> Thank you. Folks, we're trying to get the word out. What's happened to discipleship in the West? The Disciple Dilemma is an attempt to have a conversation with Christian leaders. We hope you'll help us have conversations with you and your leaders about discipleship and what's hacking it in the West. You can find a lot of conversations that we've developed on LinkedIn, 
YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and of course our website, www.thedisciple.dilemma.com. You can also catch us on audio on the major RSS feeds. As always, thank you for following, subscribing, and thank you for listening.